Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Yes, it's time for Three Valleys Radio's Football Podcast. And on the show tonight, well, I'm here for a start. And Josh Staunton, the captain of Yogurtown, is with us. And also Steve Rutter, former manager and player of Yogurtown. And my old buddy Rick Hyatt, he's here as well. So sit back and enjoy and see what we've got for you this week. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And a big hello to all of our guests today. First of all, we've got Rick Hyatt. Hi, Rick. Evening again. Uh, all right, then, Rick. Yes, just, just to make the point that you've done it twice. And uh, a big hello to Steve Rutter. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you struggled there, didn't you? <laughs> you <Yeah>. struggled. <laughs> and also, we're happy to have the captain of Yeovil Town here, Mr. Josh Staunton. Good evening, Josh. Evening, Eddie. How are thanks you? Having me, mate. Yeah, very well, thanks. Jolly good. And we're going to start with you, mate, because... With me? <laughs> yeah. Definitely a steward's inquiry going on here. I hear through my sources that a certain uh, Westlands cricket team had somebody called Josh Staunton playing cricket for them. And not only did said Josh Staunton play cricket for them over the weekend, he also scored a ton. Now, come on, what's all this about? Well, <laughs> you get me in trouble, keep making that. No, um, <laughs> well, yeah, I gather I, it's I like all over their website. So... Oh, is it? Oh, my <laughs> God. No, uh, I always like playing cricket, so I I didn't realise the, t- the, the, the pitch was right behind my house, so I went round and netted with a few of the young lads. Uh, Played a few games for him yeah. yesterday, yeah, turned up. <laughs> yeah, well, that must have been good. Who was that against? Uh, it was against Chard, actually. All right, yeah. Oh, we beat Chard yeah. on Saturday. Oh, really? Well, we lost well, to Chard, unfortunately, on Sunday. Ah, well, we, but, um, we beat them. Although Rick, <laughs> Rick, Rick, to be fair, didn't, but... Um, the first team did. No, we're away at Chard, and we, uh, and we lost. I'm, I'm torn here, Josh. Beating Chard is a good thing. Playing for the Oval is a bad thing. Because you... Sh- bad, why is that a bad thing? Because there's only... If you're going to play cricket in this area, you go to North Perra, and that's it. There's yeah. no to play. Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> choice in the matter. <laughs> well, maybe... But you, I'm done for the year now, so maybe next year. Well, yeah. you, I said, you, you've passed the audition. We'll give, we'll give you a net next season. You can come and play at I, I have said to be fair, I just said to the boys there, I said, I'm going to have a proper proper winter at it where I've played properly for a few years. Um, so I'm going to have a proper practice towards the end of, end of the season here, getting some winter nets and, and see where I go. Yeah, yeah well, we, 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 we've got winter nets, we've got our own nets, we've got everything that you could possibly need, including a bar. So, you know, I, I can't really <laughs> recommend it more more fully than I am, really. But um, is, it, is it a good level, first thing? Tell him, Rick, is it a good? Is it good? What, Perra? The first, yeah. the first team. Uh, the same, it's a, they play in Weffle Somerset, which is the same division as the uh, Yeovil first oh, team. Oh, OK. So, it's the, yeah, it's good standard then, yeah. yeah. Have decent sort of standard, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But oh, very nice. venue and with much nicer people and Adrian. Yeah. What more, <laughs> what more could you want? 
could you possibly? <laughs> I want? don't know if I could do. It. I don't know if I could deal with Adrian during the football season and the cricket season. No, it's another sport he knows nothing about. So uh, yeah. there's no beginning to his talents. I'm quite we'll good at darts as podcast. well. I'm quite good at darts as well, boys. Um, anyway, <laughs> apart from that, though, uh, Josh, uh, this is a football show, so we ought to probably talk about football. Um, yeah, you've played, uh, how many is it now? Four, is it, or three? Four, isn't it? Um, four, yeah, I think four, yeah. Four. Um, drawn three and lost one, which is not too bad, especially against Plymouth, who are uh, pushing for promotion out of that division, I would have thought. So, um, looking back on the games, what did you make of them? Uh, I thought Plymouth were very good on the weekend. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Exeter were OK. Uh, probably... Should have got better results against them. Playing yeah. Everton, honestly, it was we kept it tight defensively, but they dominated from start to finish. Which it was a good lesson for us. Don't get me wrong. It was a proper football lesson in terms of working hard off the ball and just playing loads of simple passes. But uh, we're still just just searching for that a bit of creativity, aren't we? Just similar to last year, but hopefully, hopefully the impetus is there this year to try and we're building. I think. There's been times we've been playing some nice football, so it's disappointing not to have scored loads of goals. But the last two games, especially, it would have been hard to go out and and uh, score a hatful. But obviously, we've got uh, Dorchester tomorrow night, so hopefully that will give us a different type of challenge. And uh, hopefully, we can be a bit more a bit more adventurous with the ball and create create more opportunities. Now, obviously, I'm not expecting you to turn around and say they're all rubbish, but how have you been getting on with your new teammates? Yeah, they've been they're excellent, to be fair. Uh, all the boys have, have settled in nicely. Uh, I think getting fish, Fishy back is a, a, a good coup for the team and the whole club in general. I think he's a great person to have around. And uh, his commitment on the pitch is, is, is second to none, really. So um, everyone's fitted in nicely, I think. Obviously, we're still early days and... We'll, we'll learn more and we'll progress more as a team as it as it goes on. But uh, so far, so good, I think. Steve, you've you've uh, done certainly done one game, haven't you? You did the Plymouth game, I think, on Saturday. What did you make of them? Yeah, I, I thought Chris Hargreaves summed it up really well after the game. You know, the attitude was terrific. To be fair, I thought the, the levels of fitness looked decent as well, considering the stage of the season. But Plymouth, as, as Josh said, Plymouth just dominated with the ball, like Danny Mayer. Pinazaz, just really, really good players, and it was it was hard for Yeovil really to get anything going in the attacking half of the field. But you know, if if anything, I probably thought early on that the midfield players sat too deep onto the centre backs, and yeah, yeah. that allowed them to get Danny May and people to get thirty yards from goal, and they ended up picking passes rather than hitting passes under pressure. But in terms of attitude, you know, desire, putting the bodies, yeah, that side it was very good. I thought so, and I also thought you like you got some physicality as well, Josh, in the team. Which, which obviously the national league is vital. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's always quite hard when you play them sort of games. Like you say, the we 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 came in half time and said the the two lads in midfield probably sat a bit too deep. Um, it was quite hard with their rotation really, and it's a challenge we we wouldn't necessarily face in the league. And and as you say, that that uh, physicality is, is sometimes what you need just because they didn't really go long once, did they? They just kept passing and passing, whereas. When you get to in our level, they'll play a few passes, but essentially, yeah. at some point, they will go go long. So you kind of that physicality is massive, and it puts you in good stead for the season, really. Yeah. So it'd be interesting tomorrow, won't it? Because it'll be a completely different game where you should probably expect to dominate the ball, and and you yeah. hopefully get a chance to get the creative players on the ball and try and play a bit. Yeah, exactly. That we'll hopefully get the more creative players on the ball in better areas of the pitch, and and hopefully just play in the right because. We didn't really have any real sort of possession in the in their final third, but hopefully tomorrow we can kind of cement ourselves in their half and try and keep the ball in in, in the be- in better areas. What did uh, Joe Edwards play like? Because obviously we remember Joe from his time at Yeovil. Yeah, he's he was good. He just says just looked like a steady senior pro, really. Yeah. Um, no thrill, but the whole team I thought was was relatively no thrills. They were all just very disciplined and done the basics extremely well together uh, done very well I think it's, it's, they look like a very good team and, it, and obviously he was captain of that team so he's, he, he led from led by example really mm. 
it's difficult when you're playing those sort of games when you get this sort of mass changeover just after half time sort of thing. I mean, is it if you're the ones coming onto the pitch rather than going off? Is it difficult to pick up the game at that point? Um, I think so. I think to be honest, sometimes sometimes it's, it's okay to start like as a sub. You'd rather come on at half time because the the game kind of restarts from rather than playing catch up if you come on in like the 60th, 70th. But pre-season, there's always quite a bit of disruption isn't there and but um we didn't come out the first five minutes from the se- from us from the second half we tactically didn't didn't stick to it and and we looked a bit slow to react especially for the goal myself included so it was it was just a case of trying to get yourself in a position where you can prepare properly for, the, for when the season comes as as the captain of the team and you're just about to start a new season, are you excited? Are you, you know, really enthusiastic about it all and optimistic that you're gonna do well? Yeah, I think I think so. Um I think although the goals have probably been lacking it in pre season, we've I think it, it, you can't the progression we see on the training pitch and, and behind closed doors is 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 massive. I think we're probably still a couple shy from being where we wanna be in terms of personnel. But um, I'm sure the gaffer was, was working hard on that. Um, I, I'm, I am excited. I think it's a group which could has the potential to do very well, maybe one or two additions. And it's, it's that it's that time of season, isn't it? It's, you, you're filled with optimism going going into the season. So touch with everything. Everything goes to plan. Is is Marcus Stewart's uh, involvement and his obviously his strikers' instincts are they? Uh... Are they coming to the fore in training and coaching and what have you? Yeah, uh, Marcus is, a, is, a, is first of all he's a very very good bloke, and he's a in terms of off the pitch he's always willing to help you and talk to you. But I think the strikes would would definitely say they are enjoying working with him. The the drills he's having has them doing the 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 de- the attention to detail he pays in in terms of the finishing aspect. I think is um is is something we haven't had before in terms of that attacking mind. So I think maybe the, his work will show in not not in a matter of week, couple of weeks, rather a few months down the line. I think we'll see the the benefits of having Marcus in and around working with the strikers. Yeah. And is the manager now you know well settled in and into the job and well the whole backroom crew I suppose really. Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I, they they seem very comfortable. I think they've they've taken to the club very well. I think the the boys have taken to them, and um, everyone's looking to work together to to build the best we can um, for for the season going on. I think the potential's there. I think everyone's enjoying working together. Uh, it's a, obviously a different regime like it is with any other with any manager, but so far so good. And I think it's setting the platform to, to for a successful season. Mate, your first league game is away at Scunthorpe. Um I've I've heard sort of read things that Scunthorpe are in total disarray. I mean surely they're not that bad if they've if they've just had a, a pre season. I mean one would assume that they would have pulled the whole team together. I mean are you expecting a hard fight up there? I think every game's gonna be a hard fight. I think to be honest me personally I would much rather play a team which just come down than the team who's just come up like we have done, like we ended up doing the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, I think, I think, kind of, it's it's harder to stop the rot, so to speak, than it is to well play when you're you're riding the crest of a wave. But um, by all by all accounts, they're they are in a bit of disarray. But every game, in its own right, is 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 difficult. And uh, I think that I think it's a it's a chance for us to get the season off on a, mm. uh, to a good. Start. Start, especially when I think we can really make our mark on the league. Well, we all hope so, I'm sure. Um, three points would be yeah, ideal, wouldn't crossed. it? It'd be a lovely way to start, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, 100 at cricket and three points on football. That's not bad. I'll, I'll give you that, Josh. I'll give you that. Um, right, well, <laughs> mo- moving on. Um, this one's for Steve, really, initially. What's going on at Barcelona? Because I keep reading that they've signed all these players... And I see certainly um, um, Lewandowski played over the weekend, and so did Rafinha. And yet, I also read that they've 
they've got to get rid of players and they've got to get their financial fair play sorted out before they can register these players. Well, I know they were only friendly games, but, you know, what's going on? Do you understand it all, Steve? Well, we had, we had our financial man on last week, didn't we, who, who sort of explained a little bit more depth. You know, yeah. And that was layman's knowledge. But I suppose you just have to class it as creative accounting because they're signing players for millions because when apparently they're bankrupt and can't afford to meet their current debts. Um, but everything seems to be legal and above board. So, um, as I say, just creative accounting and very liberal interpretation of the rules, I would imagine. Hmm. But it's... Uh... You know, obviously it affects a certain team because of this business with uh, Frankie de Jong. I mean, is he ever going to leave? I mean, if it, surely if he says I'm not leaving, that they can't really do much about it, can they? No, no but he's got a contract. What's he got? Another three or four years on his contract, I think. Yeah. Um, the issue about he forwent, you know, he was foregoing some of his wages because of the the, uh, the pandemic. So he took a pay cut and said he'd have it deferred and paid later. And now if he leaves, they want him to forego that payment. Um, and he's saying, no, I'm entitled to it. So if you don't pay me, I'm staying put. Um, is, is it an ideal situation? Not really for him, not for the club. Um, but it happens, you know, it happens everywhere. Uh, if That's you're... a bit of a case of Barcelona wanting their cake and eating it, though, isn't it? Because a lot of the money they've got coming into the club now, they've basically had um, money, their TV deals for the next God knows how many years, they've had that money forwarded to them so that they can pay the bills that they've got now. And also, uh, there is a theory that they're gambling on the fact that the Super League will raise its ugly head again within a season or two, in which case they'll get boatloads of cash coming in and that'll uh, that'll save the day. But if it doesn't happen, they're in stuck. What would, Josh, what would you think if you were a player and uh, you were in Frankie de Jong's shoes and the club was telling you, look, sorry, pal, but, you know, much as we love you, we don't need you. you, you must go. And you're going to say, well, hang on a minute, you owe me 17 million, so I'm not going. I mean, uh, but it, it can't be very nice for him as, as a player. We're not feeling wanted. Yeah, to be honest, I can't really relate at all, can I? Because it's such a vast amount of money he's owed, essentially. It's a job, isn't it, really? And if any, if any employee was holding back 17 million, I don't think, I think you'd dig your heels in a bit, wouldn't you, until you got it. Mm. So um, it's, a, it's a hard one. But, yeah, as a, as a player, it can't make him feel great at all because they went they went all out for him, didn't they, a couple of seasons ago to mm. and really push for him. And then and then after taking a deferral on your wages and then to to just, bring, like you say, bring, bring in more players in, it's kind of like where do your priorities lie? And and you really, you really must feel bottom of the barrel. But... Bowler counts he wants to stay. I already wants to stay, doesn't he? Yeah, well, apparently so, yeah. He doesn't like the idea of Manchester. He doesn't like the way they run the club. And he's bought a new house over there. He's got a new, or I don't think he's actually married to her yet, but he's got a girlfriend that he's going to marry. And he said, I don't want to go. So, I mean, you know, it's not a very nice environment to have to work in, is it? No, not at all. You know, all about... There's a bit of a parallel to the Gareth Bale situation, isn't there, where they wanted Gareth Bale out yeah. in the last few years and, and Gareth Bale didn't want to leave and, and he didn't leave, you know. Mm. Um, but it's, it's not, as I said earlier, it's not great for, for the club because they've got a, a, a liability they've got to pay for. They might not be using him. It's not great for him because, you know, he's a, a top player and he needs to be playing football. Um, and there's another club somewhere else that would, you know, readily take him but can't. So... But ultimately, it's down to the boy. You know, if he's got a four-year contract and he don't want to leave, he's not leaving. Yeah. yeah. If you had to put money on, Steve, what would you what would your money go on? Him staying or going? To be honest, I, I wouldn't put money on anything, Ed, because there's so much goes on behind the scenes, and there are so many third parties involved who are getting backhanders and you know percentages and all sorts. Money talks. Whatever turns out to be the best financial return for a number of people that we probably don't even know that's what will happen yeah yeah it's a good point and talking of money um chelsea now we all know about this new guy he spent a lot of money to buy the club um apparently thomas tuchel threw his toys out the plan big time because they got stuffed by arsenal for nil in a friendly uh how do you see that all going because they've got rid of Raheem Sterling, who was, uh, sorry, I take it the wrong way around. Manchester City have got rid of him and Chelsea have bought him. Um, 
you know, wh wh where do you see that lot going? Because, you know, Chelsea have sort of had a quite a quite a few players leave and change around. If you had to put money on it, that's where I reckon Frankie de Jong will end up. What, Chelsea? He's already said, yeah, he's already said he'd rather go to Chelsea than United. Chelsea are desperate to show some affirmative, sort of something positive, apart from Raheem Sterling. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was uh, like a bit of a statement signing for them. Do you reckon he's going to do yeah. any good at Chelsea, though? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I mean, is, 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 the truth. is he is he is he as good as people make out? I mean, the price that they paid for him, I thought was quite cheap, considering. You know, I thought I thought he would have been punted out a bit more money than that. Well, it depends what sort of it's the same as anything. It depends what sort of midfielder you need. Uh, Ten Hag at United has obviously decided that he needs that link between the midfield and the defence, and that's what Dion does. Whether or not Chelsea actually need that sort of player, or is it? Would it just be a statement signing? I don't know, but um, they could do some centre backs, couldn't they? Well, yeah. And De Jong, De Jong can play centre half, can he? He has done, yeah. But I he mean, hasn't, yeah, so maybe, yeah. Gusta Winder put him on his bum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the biggest, not the biggest bloke. They signed Koulibaly, though, haven't they? Kind of do Koulibaly. Yeah. yeah. So he's played. I mean, that, I was just looking at the side. I mean, they they played James Silva. Chalabar and Palmieri as the back four against Arsenal. Well, Chalabar's never going you know, I wouldn't have thought he's, he's in line to be playing centre-back unless he has to play him as a set as a, because he hasn't got one at the minute. Palmieri's yeah. probably not getting a game normally either. So, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too. But like we said earlier, didn't we? They lost so many centre-backs. They've lost, you know, Aspeliqueta, they've lost Christiansen, they've lost Zuma, they've lost um, oh, German boys. Alonso's on his way to Barcelona now. Alon Alonso's going, you know, over the last year or so, they've lost five central defenders and fullback, you know, so they, they are short at the back. Koulibaly will make a difference, I would have thought, but they certainly still need the reinforcements there. I think, I don't know about the midfield because they quite fancy, I think, Gallagher, don't they? Haven't look at Gallagher now. He's had good well, load. It's about time league. he got a run, isn't it? I mean, he's, yeah. he's a Premier League proven player. Yeah, well, he had a good, good loan at Swansea, didn't he? A good, good loan at uh, Palace. So yeah. it's about time that they give him some game time. Do you think, though, Chelsea are going to be a top three, a top four team with all these changes going on? Uh, I think I think they'll still compete. I think they're in a they've got good enough players that they um, they'll compete. Whether they're up to Liverpool and Man City standards is a different question. But I actually think Liverpool might struggle this year. I think they'll struggle to replace Mane. I don't think it's going to be as easy as they think. Mm. Um, so well, be, it, it could be quite an interesting season, to be honest. This this new guy though started well enough for Liverpool, didn't he? With four goals in one game. All right, one was a penalty, but nonetheless, four goals is still four goals. Uh, flat trap bully. <laughs> I hope. I'm glad to see you're totally constructive about this, Rick. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to United, um, they. Upset the apricot a little bit by sort of slackening off, I guess. I expect they were getting a little bit tired and homesick and what have you. But uh, I thought they looked particularly good in the first half against Villa. I'm, I don't know it's only a friendly and, you know, friendlies don't really count for much apart from getting you fit. But from a confidence point of view, after the season that we've had, what did you think? Josh, have you, um, have you ever got homesick halfway through a game? <laughs> no, no, never, never like suddenly, yeah, never suddenly stopped missing home at half time. Yeah, hmm. very funny. Um, now, what, come on, what do you think, it Rick? Wasn't, weren't the best conditions, were they? Really? I mean, it was hosing it down with rain, the pitch was heavy. Yeah, uh, I think um, Villa made more substitutions. United hung on till about six by the hour mark, yeah, then made a load of substitutions. Villa changed them over at half time, and uh, they, they won one half each by the looks of it. Well, that's about it, really. But slack to defend, uh, you know, to lose a goal in the way they did right in the last, what, the last play of the game, wasn't it? You know, yeah. Which was, um, but Ten Hag certainly seems to be laying the law down. And uh, I see today there's this story that uh, one player um, has apparently has been dropped because he missed. He was late for two meetings, not one, two. Um, don't know who it is. I've got a suspicion it might have been Fred because. Fred didn't play against Villa, did he? Unless my memory's gone. I think he did. 
Did he? He started. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, maybe I got it wrong then, but I don't know. But it would be interesting to know who it was, I must admit. But uh, he certainly... But I should say, Adrian, that, um, that as far as disciplinary goes about being late, I just, this does not apply to cricket and any future captains I play with. Would, would I'd appreciate it if you would ignore that. That's a silly policy and uh, not one to be followed through with. <laughs> In cricket. I haven't been on time yet. This, I haven't been on time yet. This, this nightmare. <laughs> well... We'll, we'll we'll sidestep that one anyway, but um, <laughs> you know. But um, what about Anthony Martial then? What, what's the verdict on that? What do you think of him, Steve? Because I thought his attitude, his his body language, and everything else last season was absolutely pants, and I was more than happy to see him out of the club. So you know, what do you make of it now? I mean, he's he's looked all right, hasn't he? Well, I mean, Josh will tell you. You get players at certain clubs who just don't fit at a certain time. And then there's a change of personnel, change of manager comes in. Suddenly the player feels loved. It's a fresh start and he's, he's all bubbly again. So, you know, it happens. The thing will be, what's, what's he doing in October, November, December? Let's yeah. see how he's performing then, you know. At the moment, on a tour around the world, living it up, no pressure, new management, chance to impress and establish yourself, um, you know, a new lease of life. If he goes anywhere from there, he's probably just going back to France and he's playing league or somewhere. So... Yeah, it's just normal. He's just responding to the change of management and um, good luck to him. And I've got to mention Ronaldo. I mean, what do we all think about the Ronaldo situation? I can't believe that United are mucking about like this. I mean, if, if he doesn't want to play for us, get rid of him. Oh, I, mean, AD, I said it was a bad move when they got him back, mate. And it's it's proving to be, isn't it? Well, it's, uh, yeah, well 24 goals, mine. But, um, yeah, but he, he, it, was, it was detriment to the team. Well, yeah, it is at the moment, that's for sure. But I mean, the I most can't believe thing is the most important thing is Man United, not Ronaldo. Yeah, but I can't believe Someone that a club like that would, would let him would let him play ducks and drakes like this. And stay, you know, his so-called personal reasons. And okay, you know, he's had a tragedy in his life, and we all appreciate that. But at the same time, I mean, come on, it's it's sort of it's quite clear that this personal problems he's had are, have come at a rather convenient time, haven't they? You know? Yeah, I think it's um. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his yeah is. I'm sure he's a very egotistical man when it comes to football, and I doubt he'll be wanting to play in the, the Europa League. Mm. And that's probably what it boils down to. Is um. Yeah, I I I, I honestly thought it was a it was a backward step in the long run for Man United get getting him, and I think it's. But but having made that backward step now. How would you address it now when you're faced with this situation? I would do what what Alex Ferguson done. Anyone who didn't was thought they were bigger than the club would be gone. Yeah, in well. a heartbeat, because the team is the most important part of Man United. It's not. It's not about Ronaldo, is it? Well, there is there is talk of a compromise sort of deal, if because you know United when the United have these contracts now, they all have this last year. You can trigger an extra year. There's talk of um, triggering that extra year with Ronaldo's, but sending him off on loan for a season. Yeah, I, who... I saw that. That yeah. is ridiculous, isn't it? It's just mental. It just makes it all about the individual and what he wants and not about the football club at all. If, you, if his heart's not in it, then go. Yeah. yeah. It's not just that, though, is it? It's not just the football league. It's the commercial aspects of it as well. I mean, you look at Paris Saint-Germain and Neymar can pick well, Mbappe as it can pick the manager. And it's... it's... Yeah. Part of it is it's nothing to do with the football element. It's to do with the business side of the game. And that's, you know, he's there because he sells shirts, doesn't he? Whether or not, you know, whether or not he scores you 24 goals in the season or 18, whether or not he's disruptive behind the scenes or he's not, the commercial side of the club just want a return on their investment. So, 100%. The fact that he's on 4,000, 430,000 a week, where he is, and he yeah, probably still makes a club more than that. Yeah. yeah. But then wouldn't, this could actually, from United's point of view, it could be a good line in the sand because... They've been chasing Instagram likes and Twitter followers and all this social media nonsense for the last few years. And that was part of the reason that Ronaldo signed. So if you say, right, for footballing reasons, he doesn't fit anymore, get rid and become a football club again and not become an Instagram club. You've got rid of the king of Instagram in Paul Pogba. He's gone away. If you, if you get rid of another aspect of the social media and concentrate on playing football and winning things and becoming a football club again, then uh, surely that's a that's a, a good situation for United, and it's an opportunity to do it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Um, and is I mean, in a waste of time, 
flog it our guts out to try and get Dion. I mean, he quite clearly doesn't want to come. So, you know, I'll, I'll put aside the money aspect of it from his point of view now. But, I mean, surely we should be concentrating on getting somebody else. We're not going to get him in. It's not going yeah, to happen. There are other, other names being mentioned now. Tielemans, Munez. It just seems that it just seems that Man United are one of them clubs which every bit of business they do is messy and yeah. right in the yeah. front, right in the front of every. You see all these other clubs going about their business. It's just quiet, isn't it? And, and then the signing happens, and there's no. It's like people know now they can hold Man United to ransom. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think they and do. It, yeah. And it is, and it every almost every transfer becomes messy. Yeah. It really does become scrappy, and it just looks unprofessional from the from the outside, doesn't it? Well, how how many years were United after Wesley Schneider? Every every season. It was every summer, wasn't it? Every, every single every summer. Every summer he was coming, then he wasn't coming, and he ended up not coming at all. So just do your business and do it properly. Well, of course, a lot of it's to do with the media, isn't it? And the media, you know, is selling newspapers, and they could. I mean, the number of players that we've been linked with, and it's a big story each time. Yeah, but that's always been the. Well, it has, but it's it's getting worse, mate, because you've got you've got twenty four hour news coverage all over the place. You've got all these little stories that come through on your phone, and you've got social media. There's so much more now than there used to be. That's that's the thing. It only takes someone just to tweet tweet put a tweet out. It can be completely untrue, and people take it for gospel, don't they? And the next thing you know, it's on the front of a newspaper. Yeah. It's. I mean, I see the latest one is this bloke, and I don't know how you pronounce this, that uh, uh, Milikovic Savic, the guy from uh, Lazio. Now, Lazio, yeah. He, he sounds to me like a reasonable replacement for Frankie de Jong. So if he's available, let's go and buy him. Let's not muck about. You know, I just, I just can't. It's been going on for weeks and weeks, and you just think, for God's sake, sort yourselves out. And we thought this so-called Richard Arnold and this other bloke, Murta, supposed to be coming in to sort the club out, weren't they? Well, they don't seem to be doing a very good job. But the, the problem is the damage was done, isn't it? Because yeah. these players know how, how fractured the, the structure is at Man United. They, they come for inflated wages. So you end up playing, like that bloke you've just said there, who sounds like a brilliant replacement, never even heard of him before, and he's going to come in on 200 grand a week. No other club in England does that. They come in on 70, 80 grand a week. But mm. we, that name you just said, there's no proof that bloke is going to hit the ground running in the Premier League. Well, you mean Milikovic Savic, the one you can't pronounce? Yeah. Milikovic Savic. All right, clever trousers. Yeah. He has been around a little bit, to be fair. Yeah. He's been around yeah, a number of years now. But Josh is right, absolutely right. And this is the problem. English clubs are held to ransom because of the yep. TV revenues. They pay a premium for everybody they sign and then tend to give them away. You look at people like uh, Memphis Depay, for example, Bali, they, they sign up for millions of pounds, end up giving them away most of the time. And the other clubs in Europe know that we've got money and know that we're stupid enough to spend it. And at the moment, Manchester United are just the most stupid of all. Hmm. Well, they've been caught out so many times. It's yeah. not... Oh, Anthony Martial, for example, last season, nobody could... If you, even if you send him out on loan, you've still got to pay his wages. He's just he's just not in the building. He's not off the books. He's just not in the building. It's ridiculous. And that's supposedly protecting their transfer value, which is ridiculous if nobody else wants to buy it. Well, no one else can buy him, can they? Because they're, they're no. priced out. Because who's I mean, going to leave when you're on 300 grand a week when the next club, yeah. next club values you at 150,000 a week? Yeah. No one in their right mind is going to leave, are they? Because for them, if they're not playing, they don't, they're still getting paid astronomical amounts of money. Mm-hmm. All the pride goes out the window. Well, just to uh, talking about these things on the phone, I've just had one come in now, which says Cristiano Ronaldo is finally travelling back to Manchester on Monday evening, according to the Athletic. Uh, the 37-year-old is set to have crunch talks with United about his future after missing the pre-season tour of Asia and Australia. It remains to be seen whether the Portuguese will join the rest of the squad in training on Tuesday, but a conversation with Eric Ten Hag. Uh, will be taking place, so he's obviously on his way back then. So I suppose, basically, but I, mean, but I mean, how is that allowed to happen? How are you just allowed to miss the first two weeks preseason? Yeah. Well, I, how how can you, how can the other players accept him back in? If, if one of our boys done that, didn't turn up for the first three weeks of preseason, would you, you make allowances like though if they'd lost a child? 
Well, yeah, but didn't he lose his child in the summer? Yeah, uh, that sounds very crude. And he played yes. afterwards, did he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Yeah, so, but I, so I mean, you can't that... just tap into your emotional side when you need it. But when you get that situation, Josh, what respect would you have for the manager who allows another player to play would, play games would, with him? Like you games? wouldn't. You say, "Oh, next year I'm having three weeks. I'm having three weeks off then." Yeah, when it suits me, I'll, I'll bugger off for three weeks. Because I'm not being funny. He's still posting pictures on Instagram and things like that, isn't he? So he can't be that. Yeah. He can't be, he's not like sitting by a bed crying, is he? No. Mm. And course, if it was compassionate leave like that, I'd understand. I'd be a bit more, but he played after it. It's just, obviously it's a tragedy and you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but you can't just use them in your favour when you, when you want it to. But it seems to me that the, the question, more to the point, is who gave him the permission to do that? Was it the, the directors? Was it Richard Arnold? Or was it Ten Hag? I get the impression that if it was Ten, well, I don't think Ten Hag would have allowed it. It wouldn't have been. I think he just didn't turn up, and then they. Yeah, I, th I think they just got so much power. They found a reason after he hadn't turned up. It wasn't like he, he said, "Please may I not turn up." Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he's coming back, so uh, you know, we will see, won't we? But uh, I think the best thing is to say cheerio. Thanks very much, but uh, we can't play around like yeah. this. It's an absolute waste yeah, of time. That, that... That that this situation really has the potential to to drive a wedge between the changing room. Really, that's mm. what I think. Yeah. Well, I see that we mentioned Arsenal briefly. I mean, Arsenal. There seems to be a lot of good vibes coming out of Arsenal at the moment. Apart from just beating Chelsea four 0 they seem to be going well. Jesus seems to be settling in nicely. Um, anybody got any observations on Arsenal and what they think about them? Don't all rush. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I thought they were improving. I think they've gradually improved under Arteta. Anyway, I think if you, I think he's quite a seems like quite a good manager. His attention is obviously done off Guardiola, and uh, well, looking after him, isn't he, with his signings now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's he's signed some good players. He's probably had the best, one of the best transfer windows out the top. Quite quietly, though, isn't it? It's not like they've yeah, it's kind of they've and they yeah, and they haven't spent ridiculous money on 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 good good players. Uh, I think if, if you give someone like Arteta time, I think he will be a good manager. So I'm not surprised to see Arsenal do well, and, and it makes for a better league when teams like Arsenal are competing again, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's it's like what you said earlier on about um, say the Liverpool players. Liverpool and Man City have made more changes in strategic important places than they have in previous seasons so they, it's almost like they're hopefully for the league's point of view they'll draw back a bit uh arsenal spurs potentially united might have made decent signings and then it narrows that gap and it just makes it more more interesting for everyone because i don't think that the two of them are going to run away with it again like they have done in previous years well much as i hate to say it, i can't see anybody getting anywhere near manchester city Especially if Haaland, I mean, he, all right, he scored a goal in his first game. Um, I suppose that was predictable. But um, if he is as good as we all think he might well be, I, I really can't see anybody getting near City, quite honestly. I don't know what you lot think, but... What do you think, Steve? Well, I, I suppose the first thing is whether or not Haaland can stay fit to give him a big enough amount of games and a return on... Um, their investment because he is prone to lots of little niggly injuries um, the second thing I think Rick just alluded to it there is that Liverpool and Man City hadn't got that massive grounds for improvement you know they were playing at a level where everybody was saying this is magnificent maybe the only way is to dip a little bit um, Grealish seems to have really upped the ante since pre-season started so maybe City clearing a couple of bodies has given him a, a bit more sort of impetus but I think Tottenham are going to be closer. I think Arsenal will be closer. I think it'll be a much more competitive league this year. Well, that's got to help teams like Man United, then, because if we can, if we can maintain the improvement which appears to be there, um, if it's more competitive, it's you know everybody's going to be beating everybody else, so it could be a lot tighter. Yeah, I'm not sure how many games Man United won against the big teams last year. Were they overly successful in the big games? Not many, no. No, managed to go into one and not. I think they played one of the big teams and didn't concede five. So that, that you know, that that's something nice to start with. At Norwich, yeah, possibly <laughs> Norwich. Yeah, no. Well, it's interesting to see, but I mean, they certainly seem to be. 
I mean, that Edu was on Sky Sports News today, and you know they're very buoyant, they're very bubbly about things, and you know, not saying too much, but sounding really confident. So you certainly get the impression, and they've you know they've bought some quite good signings, really. I think. So we shall see, I guess, won't we? But um, <clears throat> as a, a football player, if your manager, <coughs> no names, but if your manager was. Uh, the subject of a court case would it really have any effect on you? Um, depends what the court case is for I don't know, I don't know. I, um, I'm, I'm either way out of touch with, with the news or <laughs> well it, what's the court case is about uh, well mild violence shall we say you're being too uh, subtle <laughs> yeah. Never, never before have you been accused of this, but you are now. Yeah, you Famous might as well boy. Who it is? Because it's probably in the public domain. So who are you talking about? I'm talking about the ex-manager of Wales. Oh God! Oh, Man United. Oh, Christ, I never guess that. Does <laughs> <laughs> um, it? Yeah, I think it definitely. If, if it does, if you're more encompasses down the line, I think it's it's it. it it's like any field of work. It's hard to, especially, take orders off someone who, you know, isn't in. Yeah. Those in uh, glass eyes shouldn't throw stones. So. Yeah, but I mean, very, the, point, um, the point I was trying to get to was, it I mean, depends how strongly you feel on the on the matter, doesn't it? He's 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 not he's not giving orders at the moment, though, is he? Or it hasn't been for some time yet. But it's a sort of no. a distraction, isn't it? It's in the background, and it's all going to come to yeah, to the fore next week. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the real thing is, like, there's a presumption isn't there, in England or in the UK about innocent until proven guilty. So I, so I think, like Josh is saying there, the, the severity of the incident, and also if he's been found guilty of something, I think that's massively different to somebody having an allegation thrown at them in yeah, terms of yeah. how you can react to that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think at the moment, you'd probably, and particularly with it being an international side, he hardly saw the players. So yeah, yeah. there wasn't a massive influence. And it was remote. I think if it was a club side and he was found guilty of a criminal offence in terms of violence towards his girlfriend, whatever, that then definitely changes the dynamic. Mm. Yeah, I definitely. I think. I think that does. I think, and and it's, it's business as usual, really, isn't isn't it? Until um, till you till you get found guilty, like you say, you can't go on accusations. No, but it does. It definitely. It would definitely leave you. Wait, is it? It's a. You're a reflection of that man, aren't you? When you go out and walk onto a pitch for him, and if you completely disagree with who he is as a person and, and what they stand for, it must make it very difficult to go and run through a brick wall for him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you never know. There might be players in there whose partners who have been abused. Where does it, where would that leave you on the on the? You never know, Johnny. You know I mean? It's all personal. Some people might completely be able to differentiate a working relationship with a personal relationship. And just say I'm here to play football. That's what I am. You never know. Someone, someone could have had an abused partner, and they they take it a lot worse than someone, a young lad who who can't really comprehend the the moral, the moral side of it. Yeah, but I mean, bear, like I say, bear in mind it's 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 all going to come to the fore because the trial starts. I think it's next week or the week after. But but he's all right. He's resigned now anyway, so he's not Welsh manager anymore. But I just wondered, you know, is it going to be? Is it going to be a sideshow? Is it going to be distracting to the players, or is it something that they won't really worry too much about? Well, not anymore. If he's not yeah, that, or it won't be, will it? No. Well, you'd think. And, 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 and like Steve said, it's, it's international football, isn't it? If it was a club manager and you were starting the season yeah. next week, and your manager's going in for a court case, it's a, then it's a massive distraction, isn't it? Whereas yeah. if you've got a game in in three months' time against, I don't know, Andorra, it doesn't really make any difference here if he gets. A, his his trial isn't going to be, isn't even going to cross your mind, really, is it? I hope not. I hope not, because I want to see Wales do well. But um, do I'm you? sure that I'm sure they'll be. I'm sure they'll be all right. Hmm. Do you, Adrian? Yeah. Never a guess. Yeah. yeah. You're not Welsh, are, you? are you Welsh? Did you not know that? He has been for. A you, must have, guy, you must have been missing. Uh, you were over in Dubai, he's weren't you? He always he's a proper taff now. Now yeah, they qualify for the World Cup. I've got like some vague memories of him mentioning that after Wales had done particularly well in qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I might have done. Yes, I might well bring it back to the uh, table when uh, the games actually start being played. But we'll see. 
we'll see. Um, Everton, they're looking pretty, and then not very good vibes coming out of the place. What do we think about Everton? Who beat them 4 0? American team, wasn't it? Beat them 4 0? Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, yeah, and a pre season friendly. That's not good. Hmm. Well, they did beat Blackpool 4 2, didn't they? And Dele Alley scored twice, apparently. Just oh, when they're on the point of dumping him. In the last game, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now they've, if you looked at last season, I can't imagine it's been a particularly happy summer break for them. Their pre season tour to America has been a disaster. Uh, it looks like they have got serious problems at the minute. Well, Richarlison's gone, hasn't he? And they've, they've only yeah. brought in, is it? The Burnley centre half is the only only signing they've made that I'm aware of. So yeah, it's it's the same people and the same management that they had last season. They they are going to struggle mm. big time. Well, I suppose the question is: Is Frank Lampard any good as a manager? All right, I know he can only do so much as the players that he's been given, but I, I don't know. Do you think he's much of a manager, Steve? Um, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I've never worked with him in that in that capacity so it would you know, be unfair to say ultimately you know the best managers are, for me you know someone like Sean Dyche if you go points per pound you spend you know anybody win the Premier League spending 1.1 billion so yeah. I, I, he's a good manager if he's got a low budget and he overachieves in terms of points per pound then he's a decent manager or a decent manager or coach depends you know there's a slight difference but um, part of the management skill is as Josh was talking about earlier is how do you respect him as a player you know how, how does he relate to people around the club coaching staff, the backroom staff, you know, the canteen ladies. So there's more to being a manager than just the technical coaching. Um, so is he a good manager? I don't really know. But in terms of how he'll be judged, it's obviously how many points he puts on the board. It's an interesting point you, you, you've raised there. Just what is the difference between a manager and a coach? I mean, I know the obvious ones, but, you know, is, is it generally the case that a manager who's got the title manager... Uh, will be less involved with the coaching staff, or does he still get involved to that degree? I mean, what's the sort of norm? It depends where you are, really. I mean, most of my stuff's been abroad where the terminology is slightly different. You're classed as a head coach and an assistant coach, but the head coach is really the manager. So they do a lot of things in addition to the technical and tactical coaching. They'll do the meetings with the board, they'll do the financial stuff, they'll meet with the agents. Whereas the coach tends to be somebody who's a field-orientated person who does a lot of the technical and tactical aspects. Mm. Maybe some scouting, maybe some analysis, but doesn't get involved in contract discussions and all that sort of stuff. So, But the manager, you say, would, would be much more involved with the board and, and transfers and stuff like that, financial deals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but some are still quite active out on the pitch as well. Some still like to get out on the grass, particularly the ones that have been ex-players, because that's where they're most comfortable. You know, yeah. They hate it in the ball. They'd rather be on the pitch. Can you see yourself as a manager in the future, Josh? Well, I've got 100% record at the moment, haven't I, Eddie? Yeah, so, well, of course you have, yeah. No, not too much. How, how can Josh I possibly Thornton forget that? Josh Thornton at Yeovil, Sam Allardyce at England. Yeah. There's no difference. Yeah. They're both there. Yeah. Josh, I'm joining you. One game with Tom Cross happy not. That's it, mate. Quick. <laughs> Cross, we won one game. I had one game. We won away from home, two when it gets to Tommy Toss happy not. You, me, Joe, Josh, and um, Big Sam. Big Sam, yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, we're in the 100%. No, I, I would like to go into it. It's early days yet, but hopefully um, hopefully, in, when the time's right, some doors open for me. Cause I, but you're taking your I'd coaching like badges and stuff, are you? Or are you going to? Um, yeah, I've taken some. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully progress onto the, the, the harder ones soon. Yeah. So, um, fingers crossed. West Ham. Who's this Ben... Sesoko, Italian striker they're supposed to be signing. Anybody know anything about him? No, but then they've taken their eye off the, what's his name, the Chelsea lad. So they've sort of uh, gone without that one and, and putting their eggs in his basket. So he, he must be half decent. And they've also taken their eye off Jesse Lingard, of course, who's gone to, Ch uh, to uh, Nottingham Forest. Did you? Did anybody any thoughts from the uh, more senior people about Jesse and his social media? Any thoughts? Jay Ling's and yeah. things. Some of the stuff he's been putting on Instagram and Twitter. He's a thirty-year-old bloke. I know. It's embarrassing. Yeah, he's. A, you look at it, and it takes twenty minutes before your buttocks unclench. 
from having seen what an arse he's making of himself. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like Josh says, he's fair. not like he's 13. Yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, though, Rick, you're still reading it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you want to see how far you want to sort of see how far he'll go. It's part of your research, is it for this? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm going to have a serious conversation with you, footballing gentlemen. I've got I'm punching above my weight talking to you lot and Adrian. So uh, you need to do your research. Absolutely. His broadcasting career is as insignificant as his playing career. Richard Keyes savages Gabby Ab Ag Agbon Lahore on Twitter. It's a bit Richard, savage, isn't it? He, yeah, well, yeah it's, Richard, quite Richard, ironic, uh, it's quite ironic as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's not exactly one to talk. He's sat in the biggest greenhouse of the lot if it comes to uh, slaughtering other people. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I thought that was a good one, that. But there you go. But, uh, yeah, well, moving on anyway, um, it's been suggested that um, a certain Mr. Jose Mourinho is beginning to look as though his side... Uh, Roma is beginning to get really good. He signed this Dybala. He's obviously already got Ab um, Tabby Abra Abrahams. Um, do you think he could uh, turn Roma into a champion, Champions League winning side? It's a big ask. They might get close in Italy, but Champions League winning is that's another step. Mm. Well, how good is this Dybala? His track record's decent, isn't it? He's a Juventus a long time, scored plenty of goals. Um, lots of people talked about taking him. They got him on a free, didn't they? As well, yeah, for his yeah, yeah. Got him on yeah. a free. Um, you know, he probably didn't want to go stay in Italy. Um, probably the best offer he got. He wanted to move on from Juventus for whatever reason. Um, yeah, they'll be competitive in Italy, won't they? But I can't see him doing. I can't see him winning the championship. How, how long is it since an Italian club's won the Champions League? Mm, quite a while. It's a good point, Rick. Good point. I think the last time Juventus got to the final twice and then quick succession mm. got beat Real Madrid got absolutely battered in one game 4-1. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long, long time since, I don't know, probably AC Milan would be one of the latest ones. When they beat... Who did they beat in the final? Liverpool. No, they didn't beat Liverpool. They lost to Liverpool. They got beat by Liverpool on penalties, didn't they? Yeah. I can't remember the last... I can't remember the last Italian side to win. There you go. That just proves the point then, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's all very well winning the Italian league, but if the, the next step is obviously if Juventus and Milan and other Italian clubs haven't been able to make it, then there's no nothing to suggest that uh, Mourinho will do it at Roma. Okay. The answer's no then. Fair enough. Um, Brandon Williams to Brighton. I should have thought that was a good buy for the sort of money they're talking about. It is. If it's half the money they're getting for the lad they're going to sell to, to City, so... Mm. Yeah, that's good. Good business for Brighton. Yeah, I would have thought so. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, is, is he the left back? Is he going to play yeah. with the Cucurella fellow who's going to Man City? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, he's, he's, good. I mean, they can they can stay at Man United, or you know, they can stay and just sit around and never quite get game time, and then get another loan spell somewhere, or they can go and put themselves out. Tyreek Lamptey didn't went down there, didn't he? To Brighton, yeah, yeah, you know, and he said, like, get me game time, and that's what happens. You get somewhere like Brighton, you'll get to play. And uh, <clears throat> Jules Conde to Chelsea, but it seems like Bayern Munich are going to nick him. Um, what about him or Barcelona, isn't it? As well, apparently, he said he'll go to Barcelona. Jules Conde, he's French boy, isn't he? The French centre back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he any good? I don't know. Do you have to be any good to get signed by an English team from abroad? I'm not sure. Mm. That's a good point as well. I just wondered, you know, if if if, if Chelsea don't get him, then then uh, Tuchel's going to be, um, you know, not happy because he's not doing very well in the transfer. Right, he's got he's got two, but he wants more, doesn't he? So called. So and. Chelsea got enough centre backs to go to three at the back anymore. Have they got three fit established centre backs that he can switch the system to? Because that's one thing from his point of view. They've always always switched it and played the three centre halves at the back. If they've not got them on the books, because there's all the centre halves that are leaving and defenders, it's yeah. going to mess him up big time right from the off. Yeah. 
Well, they said they were going to stop Azpilicueta's um, transfer to Barcelona if That's Barcelona right. hijacked their transfer yeah. of Kunde, which is why, you know, he's probably going there rather than Chelsea. So they're just throwing their toys yeah. out the pram. We don't want yeah. him, but we're not having him. Mm. No, they haven't. Actually, they've got Chalabar who plays an emergency, Kaldu Koulibaly and Thiago Silva. And then yeah. somebody from the under-23s or whatever. Mm. Which is what Chalabar did last season, wasn't it? He? he came in yeah. and he played more games at the start of the season than at any other point. Yeah. So, lads, I couldn't let it rest. 2010 Internationale Milan won the Champions League and 2007 AC Milan. So it was into Milan yeah. 2010. Oh, that's so Twelve years. Yeah. Long time, isn't it? Still more recently than Manchester City. Mm. They'll never win it. Um how predictable do you think it was that Haaland scored on his debut? Is that the sort of thing that is just bound to happen, or is he just good or is he just lucky? Um it was quite quite well made, wasn't it? I think De Bruyne done all the hard work. I think I think I saw it. It was a nice like pass from De Bruyne. Did he? Did someone square it and then someone squared it and he just tapped it in? Is that it how it really was? set him up, didn't he? Is that well? But yeah, I suppose I think, I think I suppose you could argue. Well, yeah, it, it might have been easy, but he was in the right place at the right time, which is what a striker's supposed to be. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, if he, yeah, if he's if, if if they can make goals like that for him, he's going to have a good career at Man City, isn't he? Jesus, he's only a young lad, and mm. and if if he, and if he can just get himself in them positions, like you say, and, and the rest of the work's done for him, he won't have to make any of them crazy runs. It, it'll be it'll be a different challenge for him compared to what he's used to. I, I mean, early on at when he was at Dortmund, a lot of his goals were like running in behind, weren't they? Were yeah. People play high high lines. No one's going to do that against Man City, so it's, he's going to have to change and be that more of a fox in the box. Then, so you never know. It might change his injury record. I think Steve was saying earlier. So maybe his his body won't have to do as many. I think, like Grealish found last year, teams just play different against Man City. You don't get that spacing behind to run into, and yeah, he might get a lot of tappings. You never know. Because they always did, they always seem to score goals where they just square it, don't they, Man City? Mm. Yeah, I've never, seen a, team, I've never seen a team score so many of them. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen people do underlaps inside the 18-yard box as often yeah. as they do. Like the six-yard yeah. goal line, you think he can't go in there, and then somebody runs past him, and he, he plays him into the goal line, and he squares it back, and they score, don't they? Yeah. Do it week after week after week. And, and it's, like it's undefendable. Well, Raheem Sterling scored the same goal every week for about. Yeah. 12 weeks during one season yeah. exactly the same goal yeah. S- Sane across the box Raheem Sterling yeah. tapped it yeah the Can question, imagine, John, the question is though is is, um, is City going to miss Sterling I suppose they don't think uh, so because they've got Carlin but uh, yeah but they've also signed this Argentinian lad is it Alvarez yeah who's supposed to be red hot as well so I just think I just don't think Guardiola would have let him go if, he, if they were worried that they were going to miss him in the slightest, especially not to arrive like a, a rival. So, yeah, I think well, they were more than prepared. To, he didn't really play that much last season, did he? In the end, no. I think he thinks he'll get more out of Grealish playing Grealish yeah. side three behind Haaland than he gets out of Raheem Sterling. So, he's... but they say that's that's the way with a a, a Guardiola team, though, isn't it? It's, it's not you never do well the first season. It takes yeah. you a season to learn the system, and then. Greenish has been there for a year now, so yeah, yeah, that's a bit worrying. Well, gentlemen, we've run out of time, I'm afraid. So, um, thank you very much for joining us this evening, Steve. Thank you for coming, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Good luck with the cricket. Are you playing cricket (laughs) next week? (laughs) No, I'm done now, mate. I'm done. Yeah, and Rick, thanks for joining us, mate. Always rely no on your sarcasm to uh, keep the program going. So what was that? I missed that. I yeah, well, I, yeah, I must have been a dream with it. I think I don't know. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen, and to our listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to listen out on Saturday for um, Western Super Mayor against Yeovil Town, and Josh will be performing. So join us again then. If not, same time, same station next week. Thank you for listening. Good night.
You've been listening to Football Bloody Hell on Three Valleys Radio.